Welcome, everybody. It's time once again to grab your boards, swim out into the sea of ideas, and see if you can catch a wave, maybe even catch a sales pipeline with the man behind, uh, well, actually, he's the man who started uh, National uh, Margarita Day here today, uh, Matt Hines. I did. I did. Not very many people know that, Paul. I appreciate that you picked that up. You got that's that's deep on the Wikipedia page. Very so deep. I appreciate you got that. No, not true at all. We can do fake news like anybody here on Sales Pipeline Radio. Yes. Uh, we're recording live today. I don't know if you can tell in my voice. We're recording live from the uh, from the uh, the Heinz Farmhouse slash Sick Ward. I can tell you that the flu shot this year, my family, everyone in my family gets it every year. Uh, this year, I can definitively say it does not work. And here's my recommendation. One, keep getting the flu shot because every once in a while they get it right. And two, if you get the flu, go to the doctor, get the flu meds. The flu meds are, they're amazing. So keep taking the flu meds. I'm on the downside. I got two kids on the upside. It's terrible. It's not good, but at least we're getting it out of the way. So that's all I got to say about that. Fun times. Life goes on. Business goes on. Sales Pipeline Radio goes on. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, covering everything B2B sales and marketing. We're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in the B2B sales and marketing industry. Today is no different. I'm really, really excited to have joining us today, Joe Highland. He is the Chief Marketing Officer for On24. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Matt, glad to be here, and I did not realize we'd get medical as well as pipeline advice, so this is no, you, uh, this is impressive. You get everything here, and Paul will tell you, like, you know, we're at 104 <laughs> episodes in. We do fantasy football picks. Yeah, no, we do weather forecasting. Every once in a while, we'll have callers calling with all kinds of random stuff. We can do all kinds of stuff. Speaking of randomness, the question I wanted to start with you, and I actually ask myself this question sometimes as well. Like, I'm a journalism major from, from a, a decent West Coast public school. And somehow, as a journalism political science major, I ended up in B2B marketing. How exactly does a government major from Dartmouth end up slumming with B2B marketing folks like us? What does that career journey look like? And how did you, I guess, get to where you are today? That is a great question. I'm pretty lucky that I'm I'm here. I, a lot of my a lot of my friends are in finance or they're traders, and can't imagine a worse profession. No master plan. I actually get asked that question a lot. Not about my major, but great. How did you become a, a head of marketing? Like you must have had this charted out since you were 22. I had absolutely no idea what, what I was going to do. I majored in government. I minored in psychology and economics, and probably the psychology that led me into marketing. I'm fascinated by what drives people and, and how people make decisions. It probably makes me really annoying in my personal life, but that's what I love about marketing. It's, I think there's a major psychological element to how you persuade someone to do something, anything really. And you know, why buy On24 over WebEx or, or go to webinar? There's a there's an art of persuasion that perhaps we haven't perfected, but for me, that's what I love about marketing. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I slum it with B2B marketing folks. <laughs> that's a great answer. And I actually, I love the uh, the background in psychology. I think it's a, it's a really easy sell, no pun intended, to say, look, you got people buying based on logic and emotion in many B2B purchase decisions. You've got multiple members of this buying committee we talk about a lot, where you have yeah. to build consensus among those folks to get them to move forward. So understanding what makes them tick beyond just your your features and your RI story makes a lot of sense. Uh, talk a little bit about what you guys are doing out on 24 and specifically since recording this less than two weeks away from Webinar World. You know, we'll, we're recording live now. We'll have this podcast out in a couple of days. 
for those that are listening before webinar world talk a little bit about the event coming up and why people should uh, a little last minute why they should get registered and get there we're psyched for this so when i got to on 24 about three years ago we had i don't remember 11 or 1200 customers like a lot of customers and we had we'd never hosted a, a customer conference and i, I said to Sharat, um, my boss and our ceo why? It's a big expense. It's hard to have these events be profitable, and it's, um, it takes a lot of planning. And so for it took maybe a year and a half for me to convince him that we should invest in this, and ultimately we should invest in our customers, and there's nothing more powerful than getting your customers together and hearing what's great about you, what's great about On24, what what sucks about us and, and what we should improve on. And then ultimately for, I don't say this at the event, but the truth is it is the gift that keeps on giving for Pipeline getting happy customers to talk about how they, they love working with you uh, and having prospective customers watch that. It's like, a, it's like a dry run. They don't have to pay anything. The prospects, they get to, you know, what it's like being a customer. So that, that's why we do the event. When I first proposed it internally, I, I called it Webinar World. Pretty much everyone in the company said, well, yeah, this, it's a great idea. We should do this customer conference, but obviously we won't call it Webinar World. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, why wouldn't we call it Webinar World? That's what we do. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe sales acceleration, demand generation conference. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, no, let's say what we do. We provide webinars. We do it better than anyone in the world. And we think, we think that's a critical function in marketing, hence the name. Yeah, we'll probably get about 1,000 people there. We had about 750, 800 last year. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. It's really an opportunity for our customers to talk about webinars and talk about how they're using webinars well, where, where they can improve upon. We give a couple presentations. You're giving a presentation. It's really about hearing from peers, hearing from experts, uh, and we try to get the heck out of the way and, and let that collaboration happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great event. And I, I'm, of course, biased because I will be there. I'll be speaking there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I would argue that doing, you know, getting together and talking about webinars is more important now than ever. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, so many people are doing webinars. Is it more important now than ever to make sure they stand out, to make sure they they're different, to make sure that they you can create value in a format that isn't going anywhere? But you mentioned something at the beginning of that. You, you said, you know, it's hard to make these events profitable for you as a marketing leader. If you look at this, is profitability the goal for something like Webinar World, or you look at this as a as sort of a ultimately a loss leader or a low cost way of yeah getting the awareness and pipeline you want? Like, how do you think about the balance there, the objectives you have with an event of this size? Yeah, it really depends on who you're asking. So me, I don't care about making money at the event. I think that is so incredibly short-sighted. When we talk about this at the board level, I mean, it's not surprising that we were encouraged to have this be profitable. And I said, listen, this is an investment in our customers, I mean, this is this is really an event for our customers. I think ultimately the event will pay for itself, but it's it's on the back end, and it's it's contracts that we'll be getting out of customers or prospective customers, excuse me, who are considering working with On24. In the end, does it work out for us? Yes, but I really don't care about that. We've only done one event, by the way, so we did it last year. It was a phenomenal event. I loved it. The idea was to have. Marketers talk about things that work incredibly well for them, mostly around webinars, but not completely. Talked about integrated campaigns, how to do it right, how not to do it right, how to avoid drive-by marketing, how to differentiate yourself. And yeah, of course, you know, webinars were involved, but it was really a marketing conversation versus just a, a tool or a tactic discussion. So net-net, will it make money anytime in the near future? Even what we charge doesn't cover the, the cost of the event. I mean, a whole bunch of people end up end up getting discount codes because for us it's important that it's an exciting event and we can make it profitable and have 
250 people there and what's the point so yeah not not our goal and i don't see that changing anytime soon i like that i want to talk a little more when we come back from our commercial break about integrated marketing and the you know i think finally we're starting to come back from the growth hacker phase of everything has to be measured and everything has to have a specific revenue target and as much as i'm a math marketer and i know you are as well that to be able to do events like this where you know that they fit into the broader picture that the body of work is required to get you where you want to go from a revenue and growth standpoint. We'll talk more about that. We got to pay a couple of bills first real quick. We'll be back with more with Joe Highland. He's the CMO of On24. We'll be talking more with Joe about integrated marketing, sales and marketing alignment, and lots more. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, Marketing. All right, back to Matt and his guest. And before he does, I just got to point out, you both had political science backgrounds. I was a political science major, too. So it just shows you the power of that degree here. The power of that degree. And, and also, I think, you know, when you think about the uh, the psychological impact of studying politics, you know, through the years, and not just U.S. politics, but, you know, throughout world history and the nature of political science and Think about sort of the the logic and emotion that goes into those waves of decisions and uh, everything. It's it's quite interesting. There you go. Like Joe said, we cover everything here. We got politics. We try actually we try not to do a whole lot of politics here on Sales by Radio, but, you know, but uh, we do get into uh, health recommendations. We get into college football. If anyone wants my you know way too early top twenty five college football predictions, or more importantly, if you want to gear my Ivy League. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go there. Okay. Don't ask him about his barbecue recipes. That's another one here. No, we'll be done. Well, 15 minutes later, we'll be all done. Well, we got, we're out of time. We got to go. I totally got off topic. I lost my stuff. Sales Pipeline Radio, we're back. We did not get a chance to set this up at the beginning very well here, Paul. Uh, Sales Pipeline Radio, if you like what you're hearing today, if you're still with us after this zigzag conversation, it is entirely my fault. I'm blaming the flu. I get that chance this week. Definitely check us out. We are on uh, the uh, iTunes and the Google Play well, you can subscribe to every episode. Don't miss a single future episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You can catch every episode, past, present, and future of Sales Pipeline Radio at salespipelineradio.com. Every episode is available on demand. And coming up in the next couple of weeks, got some more amazing guests. Uh, next week, the very beginning of March, we have Jill Conrad. She's one of my favorite sales authors and speakers. She's written a number of books that have become seminal works in the sales space. Uh, Jill Conrad joining us next week, followed by Manny Medina. He is the CEO of Outreach, and we're going to be talking to him about technology that your sales team can trust. Is there trust that could be built between technology and your sales organization and your prospects and how to make that balance work? But today, we're going to continue to talk a little more with Joe Highland. He is the CMO of On24. And Joe, before we went off to the break, 
we were talking a little bit about, you know, how to justify things like a thousand person, two thousand person user conference. And in the last year's webinar world went really, really well. Got another one coming up here in a couple of weeks. You mentioned sort of looking at that and saying, yeah, we've got objectives for it, but I don't need it to immediately be profitable for it to be successful. Talk about how that perspective manifests itself in the way you look at integrated marketing campaigns overall. I mean, obviously, you know, you're being held to a number, you're expecting marketing to contribute to revenue and sales uh, goals within the company, but it sounds like you don't necessarily need every individual tactic, every individual instance of marketing to be cost justified. How do you think about that from an integrated marketing standpoint? Well, you said something interesting when we, we were talking the other day, which it was scorched earth marketing, where this stems from the, the growth hacker movement. I think more and more CEOs, particularly of smaller and medium-sized companies that are trying to grow super fast, are understanding and recognizing the importance of pipeline. So that part's great. I think marketers are playing a bigger and bigger role in that, and some are even stepping up to own it, whether that's a good idea or not is a different discussion. It's easy to become frenetic and have this week-by-week week or almost day-by-day day deluge of, of mark move away from building something that's ultimately going to last. And so I would take a step back, and I look at marketing actually a similar basic principle that I would for economics. One of my first economics professors said to me early on, he said, it's super simple, but you either understand this basic tenet or you don't. And he drew a supply and demand curve and said, does this make sense? I was 18 years old and I knew nothing, but I said, yeah, I, I kind of get that. And he said, okay, you should explore economics. I think you'll find it interesting. And I say that because I think in marketing, the corollary for supply and demand for economics is always about your audience and it is never about you. And that is so simple, but marketers stop more times than not. And it's so easy to because we have this pressure and we have these great products. The market absolutely needs our service. You name it, right? I think once you slide down that slippery slope, that's when you stop running integrated campaigns that's when you stop having more of a holistic view of your marketing. That's when you start measuring success in a myopic fashion and it's week to week or day to day. And that's when you're screwed. That's when you start to lose the trust of, of your audience because you don't honor that trust. You should be adding value. And if you go back to the basic tenet of marketing, you should be providing <laughs> information, a service, a product, whatever, that completely hooks up your audience, that completely sets them up for success because it's all about them. It's never about you. And if you can stay true to that, you can do great marketing. Um, and so to me, that's integrated marketing is understanding what you're trying to solve, how you're solving it, you know, how whoever, whoever you're marketing or selling to would be kind of screwed without it. Uh, and if you stay true to that, you're, you're good. I like that a lot. And I agree with everything you're saying. And sometimes in the ivory tower conversations that are, you know, sales pipeline radio and situations like this, like we can talk about that, but to do that in an operational capacity, it requires a cultural, it requires enough people elsewhere in the organization, especially your peers, even like, you know, your board members, your investors to also buy into that. Talk yeah. a little bit about the cultural requirements to take that kind of an approach to marketing where you can have revenue responsibility, but also for lack of a better description, kind of take the long view and do the right thing for the long-term value of the business and the brand. Yeah, that's a great point. There's not a simple answer, truthfully. I think it comes down to having a well-thought-through strategy that you then have tact, you know, items to execute that support it. It requires some trust. So I'll, I'll speak at On24. When I got here, Pipeline was, was a huge problem. Um, 
we were growing pretty fast because we had a nice market fit. We had to change a lot of things. And the, my first discussions with the board, most importantly with our sales leader and with our CEO, was we need to come up with a plan that makes sense, that we all agree with, and then we need to be patient. And that work can be difficult. And I don't mean patient like multiple quarters from now, but we, we need we need to give this time to work. Then once we start seeing traction and positive uptick, we can analyze what's working. We can do more of that. We can determine what's not working. We can, if at all possible, cut that out and, and move dollars into the categories where we're getting positive returns. I think then, so after you have that trust and then you start seeing success, you build credibility and, and you don't have that week to week, heaven forbid, day to day stress and push. If you can't get that commitment up front, run, like leave, because that just won't change. And so for me, that occurred in the first, I don't know, month uh, of the job here, and that was three years ago, and we, we've had great growth since, and we build over $2 million uh, of pipeline a week. We build a lot of pipeline here, and it wasn't that way three years ago. It, it's taken time. That's amazing. That's a great story. You know, we're wrapping up here with Joe Hyland. He's the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer for ONS24, and Final question for you, Joe. We always run out of time before we get to all the stuff we want to talk about. But, yeah. You know, one question we ask everybody as we, as we wrap up is, you know, who are some of the people that, that have been influential for you in your marketing career? They can be people that are dead or alive. They can be professors. They can be authors, peers that you've worked with. But who are some of the people that you would cite as some of your greatest sources of inspiration or people that you would recommend other people read or pay attention to as they continue to evolve their B2B uh, careers as well? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can find any information on this guy. My first boss out of school was a guy by the name of Jim Gargan. I was at a company called Stratus Technologies. He totally changed my career. He went on to be a longtime executive at IBM. He's over at uh, at Oracle now. Uh, he's an SVP of marketing. Super aggressive guy in, in a positive way. <laughs> that sounds hmm. negative. Uh, super aggressive marketer, shall I say. He told yeah. me, always differentiate. You need to be loud, whatever you're marketing, and it depends on the company and in the space, of course. And the smartest thing you can do is tie yourself to customers and preferably growth as a marketer. And he talked about kind of more BS side of marketing and the softer side of marketing, not, not that that's uh, to be forgotten about, that if, if you know your customers and you tie yourself to growth, you always have a great career. And you know, that was almost 20 years ago, and, and I, I still think about it you know, every time I'm asked the question about who's influenced me. And that's awesome. That's a great story. Well, thanks again, Joe. I want to thank again Joe, our guest, Joe Highland. He's the CMO at On24. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up here. If you would like to attend Webinar World, if you want to come see us, should be a great event if you're listening to it this before uh, March 7th, uh, 2008, 18, 2000, not 2008. Boy, did they do podcasts about that, Paul? I think maybe, I don't know. But there was not a Webinar World. They've only been doing it for two years. So if you're listening to this before March 7th, see, this is the flu. It's just driving me nuts. Uh, March 7, 2018. Check out on24.com. You can find more information about Webinar World. We'll put links for registration in the notes for this podcast as well. And if you're listening to this after that date, still check out on24.com. Great service. We use it ourselves. I'm sure you'll be able to see some recaps from the great event that they're going to have here in a couple of weeks. Join us next week. We'll have Jill Conrad. She's an author of several books on sales, sales strategy. One of my favorites in the sales space. Super honored to have her on the show and join us every Thursday, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. And join us on the podcast, salespipelineradio.com. Everywhere, find podcasts are sold. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing. Right here on the Funnel Radio Channel.